for the past few weeks, I've been in my own little cocoon in my room, trying to figure out my flow. Coming back to school, the word flow was such a big deal to me because I knew that I would have to figure out a new way to exist because I, I am creating and I also want to be able to not neglect my academics, but also have a social life, right? So I was like, okay, I need to figure out my flow. And before coming back, I was like, okay, it's going to take me like two, three weeks before I get back on my feet and I have an understanding of what's going on and how things are going to orbit around in my world. And I've been in my room and I've been doing like, you know, I've been doing well for myself. You know, I'm really proud of myself and the progress that I've made. But it's true that you never really know till you know. And let me elaborate. You never know what you have to work on if you're not going to put yourself out there. It's so easy for anyone to sit in their room and close the world out and feel like, okay, I got it under control. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's so easy for you to lie to yourself when there's nothing challenging the so-called hard work that you've been doing on yourself. You never know if the months of hibernation and, and journaling and prayer have actually paid off until you go out into the world and you're tested. Yeah, you say you stop drinking, but it's easy to not to say that you've stopped drinking when you're sitting at home and no one is drinking around you and no one is like, Chomisela. It's so easy. But when you go to the club, that's when you're really tested. Oh, you, you don't drink anymore? Let's go to group. Let's see if you're really about it. And last night, so many things came to the surface for me personally. So many things that I felt like, oh, I've dealt with that. I'm good. And I'm grateful for it, even though it makes me feel so fucking uncomfortable because it makes this idea, this illusion of control and perfection that I've created for myself all come crashing down. Like, nah, you don't really have it together like that. And nah, you're not 100% on your P's and Q's. And nah, I will never ever get to a place where I do not need God. And I'm grateful that I went out last night because all those things came to the surface because they were necessary. You know, in order for God to create and build a church in you, you have to be solid. You need to be solid. And one thing about God, one thing about working with God, there's a lot of conviction. A lot of things will be brought to the surface. A lot of things that you cannot deny or ignore. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I know who I'm becoming and I know where I'm going and I know the level of influence that I will have on so many people. And for me to be oblivious to my own mistakes and my own shortcomings and my own flaws is very dangerous. It's very dangerous to think that I have it all under control because I'll lead other people to start thinking that the only way to be great is to have everything under control. Now, I'm saying two things over here. I'm saying that you'll never be in control. We are not in control. And number two, that I'm great. <laughs> this is your host, Zizi Pomkulo, episode 10, season one of the Girl, I don't know either, podcast. Let's get right into all my daddy issues and all my issues regarding men. Compromise? What is compromising? Compromising for what? Compromising for what reason? I went out last night and by the time you guys listen to this it's going to be two weeks later so just bear in mind that it won't be a recent thing when you guys hear this episode but I went out last night with my best friend because she was in town we went out for drinks it was cute it was vibes but can I just say that God will use 
the most unforeseen circumstances to, to bring to the surface things about you that you have not dealt with. You know, when I came back, like I said, finding my flow was such a big deal. And I'm the type of person to fixate. When I'm like, I want to do this, I fixate on that specific thing. And what God did last night was to uproot this idea of perfection and like, okay, I'm in control now. I know what I'm doing. He uprooted it. And I think that every single time God shows me that you need me. You need me. I will never be done working on you. I, you will never reach a level of like, okay, I've arrived. Like, I don't need to improve. I don't need to work on myself anymore. Like, I will never reach that level. And that's what last night made me realize because I had revelations about so many different things. So many different things. And I just realized even though God has worked so hard, God and I have been on this journey where I, I've become... I've become a different woman. I've changed, right? But in the face of change, last night just reminded me that those parts of me that God had to heal me um, from and change me, he, those parts of me, they're still there. They still exist. They're still within me. Like I will never completely not be the girl that was so insecure and not be the girl who had certain thoughts about certain things, I will never completely erase that part of myself that had like eating disorders, you know, that part of me will always exist. And last night brought that to the surface for me, not even just about my body insecurities, because that's an old chat, like that doesn't that doesn't bother me anymore. But just other things. And it was like, various things were brought to the surface about various, you know, aspects of my life in one night, God was like, you're not perfect. You don't have it together. And stop thinking that you do because you don't. I know what's happening here. I'm in control. And today I really want to talk about my relationship to men. I want to talk about that. And I know that this is a sore spot for a lot of women. A lot of us have a hard time relating to men. And this is not even to like pardon their, like their, their, their abuse or anything. This is not about that. This is just how we exist, you know, in the fact that men exist amongst us. I think like for a very long time, I've been ex I've been living where my pain met me in terms of men. And I can't really pinpoint a lot of moments because in my mind, I feel like there should be various moments that made me feel this way about men or act this way around men. I remember this one time my dad came back into town because um, my, my parents divorced and has been inconsistently in and, out of, in and out of my life or ever since they got divorced in 2013 or 2012, I'm not completely sure. He has been inconsistently in and out of my life as well as my, as well as my brother's lives, right? So I remember this one time he was like, I want to see you guys, okay? Um, I want to see you guys, let's meet up. So we met up with him, myself and my brothers. And I had to be in grade 10 at the time, so I was turning 16. And he was drunk out of his mind. And I remember sitting across from him and my heart just breaking into a little, into tiny little pieces because that was my dad man and as a little girl he was my best friend that is still my dad but as a little girl he was my best friend and I couldn't understand why he was the way that he was he didn't know how old I was he didn't know my birthday he didn't know what grade I was in he didn't know what subjects I chose he didn't know what I wanted to do my uncle knew more than him and it broke my heart like it shattered me 
And I remember when he was walking me back home, we were having a conversation and he said to me, I'm not your father anymore. I'm going to get married to someone else and we're going to have a new family. You need to go to school and take care of your brothers, but I'm not your father anymore. Your rights as my children end today. You know, like in his presence, I was like, okay, fine, I hear you. But I remember as soon as we departed, I cried. And I got home and I told everyone and they laughed it off because it was like, what? That That is the craziest shit ever. Like, how can you just randomly decide that you're not someone's dad anymore? Like, sir, that's your child, whether you like it or not. You know, you participated in the making of this child. That's your child. They laughed it off, but it really broke my heart. And as a child, I didn't really know how to navigate that pain so I shrugged it off you know I, I would cry about it and I missed my dad like I missed my dad for such long times like and I didn't know how to express it because like in black families it's like how are you gonna miss somebody that don't don't even feed you how are you gonna act like you can't live without this person you know I'm here like I'm feeding you I'm doing this stuff for you I'm clothing you you know rightfully so it could be frustrating for a parent when you hear your child say that they miss the parent that isn't even doing anything for them but we need our parents we need our parents, you know. It takes two to create us because it takes two to raise us, you know. And whether we like it or not, we are our parents' children. You know, it's deeper than just, like, carrying their physical traits. It, it's, it's a spiritual thing, man. It's a God thing, you know. And when my dad said that to me, it broke me, and it tainted the way that I saw men. I remember as a little girl when me and my dad were so close and I could tell him about my boyfriends in grade one and my crushes and stuff and he knew all of them by name and um he would let me do anything you know I was his princess I was my dad's princess you know princess treatment for for myself you know my dad loved me we were tight like I was closer to my dad than I was to my mom and he would always like surprise me and buy me little gifts and little outfits and stuff. And we were just tight. And I remember when I was a kid, I was also really cool with boys. I had the greatest relationships with boys. Like my first, my first best friend was a boy and he lived across the street from where I lived with my parents. We were so, so close. Like that was my homie. And, um, the older you get, the more you start to see life for what it really is, right? And then our parents fell out when we were kids, so me and him no longer were friends. And I remember I went to his house one day, and I was so excited to see him because I hadn't seen him in such a long time because I'd moved away to go live with my grandmother. And they had gotten DSTV, and it was when DSTV was such a new thing. And if you had DSTV, you were cool. You were the best. You had money, okay? Everyone wanted to be your friend. And I remember going to his house and being like, oh my gosh, you guys have a DSTV, and I was, like, so excited, and he was, like, yeah, he was just, like, weird, you know, he wasn't the same person, and I remember walking out of his house, and my heart being so broken, I couldn't understand, like, I've always been the type of child who felt, like, okay, the adults aren't cool, but, like, we're cool, right, like, we're cool still, right, we're still straight, you know, and, yeah, no, some people inherit their parents' beefs, and, like, that's, that's okay, because don't play about my mom, don't do that. I don't like to fight, but you might have to catch these hands if you come for my mom. Like, don't play about, I don't play about my mom. So, um, I that was the end of our friendship, right? As tight as we were, that was it. I realized that all those little moments 
have now created this version of myself this zizipa that doesn't know how to navigate being around a man if he's not sexualizing me or if he, I'm not in a relationship with him I've realized that it tainted the way that I I looked at men and what I expected from men I always have this underlying belief that if a man comes into my life he's bound to leave he's bound to hurt me he's bound to abandon me he's bound to take something away from me I vilify men without them even saying a word <laughs> you know if you're a man and you're walking towards me you're a villain already i don't trust you and i i it's not something that i consciously do i realized it in a conversation i was having with a guy friend and he was like you need to heal from whatever is hurting you in terms of men and i was like what are you talking about i'm healed he's like nah baby girl you're not healed you keep saying that you hate men and you pass it off as a joke but you actually really hate men and you really don't trust men. And I was like, mm, I mean, you know, you know. And he was like, I'm here to to talk if you ever want to do that. And it means a lot to me that he said that, you know. Shout out Lati. That's my nigga, that's the homie. But it really struck a chord when he said that to me because there are things within me that contradict who I'm trying to become. I remember like moments and I'll tell a guy that I don't want him and I genuinely don't want him but if a man is not making any advances at me I feel uncomfortable. It's weird, but when he does I'm also I'm also like can you stop because I actually don't want you. But at the same time there's a part of me that's longing for that. That's longing for a man to validate me in a way. And it's because I I forgot what it was to be loved by a man when it wasn't sexual. I forgot what it was to just exist and be loved, which is crazy because I grew up around men who loved and protected me. Like I had great relationships with all the men in my life. My uncles, my dad, the boys that I used to play soccer with because I was a good ass soccer player as a kid. I was really athletic, I was really fast, and I was great at playing soccer. So you you already know the boys fucked with me because Yo, like she's 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 like one of us, you know, and this is not me trying to be on my I'm not like other girls tip, but like I, that was who I was as a kid. I was very tomboyish, um, you know, but I realized that that hurt that my dad caused has made me not trust that men could love me unconditionally, because if my dad has left me and my dad has hurt me, then how can I expect for you? a stranger to all of a sudden find it in your heart to care about me and love me and look out for me at my mind just subconsciously I couldn't compute that that was possible so if a man is not sexualizing me then I feel like this it says something about me because that's the only way I could relate to men right that's the only way I could create relationships with men if they wanted me cuz cuz when you want me and so many men will vouch for this. When you want me, I can talk my shit. I'm confident. I can, I can talk my shit. But when you're not interested in me romantically, I all of a sudden don't know how to exist around you because I can't rely on my looks now. I have to rely on who I am. I have to rely on who I am and trust that that's enough for you to want to stay and rock with me and be like, "Z is cool people. Z is nice. Like, I want to be around Z, but I don't know how to exist around men if I'm if they're not into me like that. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. 
and I recently was out with a with a friend. We weren't out. We were in his room hanging. A guy friend, and. I felt so insecure around him because he's not into me like that. I felt so insecure around him. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I'm shrinking. And something in me was like, don't shrink. Just be yourself. Like, you're good enough. It was like this internal battle between a part of myself that was like, he doesn't think I'm hot. Like, what do I do? And I know he thinks I'm, I'm gorgeous, but he's just not trying to pursue me romantically. You know, he's not. And that's okay. That's fine. But the problem is that I don't know how to conduct myself in a room with a man who's not trying to fuck me. I'm sorry that if that sounds a bit crazy, but like, that's my truth. I don't know because I don't trust that, that it's enough. I don't trust that it's enough. My dad, whom I only had myself to offer, you know, my pure, myself, my heart, my mind. That's, that's all I had to offer him, just my existence that wasn't enough for him. So I'm just convinced subconsciously that like for me to just be myself around a guy is not enough. It's not enough. And I realized this when um, I was in a relationship with this guy and he said to me, we don't always have to have sex every time you come around. You know that, right? And for me, it was like, what? <laughs> Get out of here. Because I couldn't fathom that a guy would want to be around me if he wasn't having sex with me. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I was like, nah, like, that doesn't make any sense, like, you actually want to be around me and just talk to me and have conversation with me, like, being around a guy that's around me platonically, it makes me uncomfortable because it requires of me to be myself and to trust that I'm safe, and that, that is hard for me, that is hard for me, trusting a man is hard for me. I recently only came to grips with the fact that someone who was so important to me in my life, like that I mattered to him too, that he loved me too. Like I only recently came to grips with that this year. I've known this person for years and it's not even about him. Like he, I know he loves me and looking back, I can see that he loves me. But in the beginning, I didn't think that person loves me. I didn't think that he loves me. I thought like, nah. I vilified him. Every little thing that I could find about him, I I I used it as confirmation that yeah, niggas ain't shit. I was looking for shit with a magnifying glass. Looking for things to reinforce to me that no one's gonna love you. Men don't love you. Men don't care about you beyond what you can do for them sexually and beyond what you do like aesthetically, you know? Men don't value you outside of your looks. They don't. Outside your ride game and your looks, you mean nothing to men. I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that. It almost shocks me when I have good conversations with men. Um, I went out to um, Rat and Parrot the other night. And I bumped into the guy that works there. And I'm cool with him. And I started speaking. And then I, like... I clicked with the the guy, another guy that was there, and we he sat with me, and I had food I had, while I had my dinner, right? Initially, the plan was to just get food and go back to Riz, but then I was like, okay, let me just hang because I really like this guy and this conversation that we're having. And we just clicked, and it was fun. 
it was fun. Like I just spoke to him and I got to understand him and it was like great. And I felt so good and he drove me home. And it's for some people it's gonna be like, What the fuck, girl? He just gave you a ride. But it it was a platonic ride. It was a platonic ride. Like he dropped me off, he took care of me, and it was platonic. He didn't want anything in return. And shout out to men who can actually have platonic relationships with women and not want anything in return and not have ulterior motives. You guys are healing us and you guys don't even know it. Those men who just genuinely want the best for the women in their lives. Shout out to y'all, man. You guys matter. You guys are doing great. You know, in a world that vilifies men, I just want to say shout out to you guys because there might be few men that do that, but they are there. They are there. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to every single man who looks out for me. You know, who takes care of me. Shout out to you guys. Thank you. Because you guys are combating like this this subconscious thought in my in my obviously my mind but you guys are like fighting that without even knowing that you're fighting it you guys are reframing the way that I look at a man when he approaches me you guys are allowing me to allow men to love me you guys are teaching me what it is to be loved by men to be taken care of by men you guys are reintroducing me to that whole notion I don't know what it is to be loved by a man at least I know I know okay because me and my dad were good when I was a kid kid like when I was young but as a young woman, I don't know how to navigate that as a young, hot ass, fly ass, sexy ass, attractive ass woman. I didn't know I don't know how to navigate being in a room with a man, sitting across from him and having a real conversation about real shit and not like obsessing over the fact that like he thinks I'm hot. Or that not being my source of confidence that he thinks I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna be confident during this day it's because he thinks I'm hot. You know, I'm finding my confidence and actually my confidence isn't like loud and like pretentious and performative when I'm in situations where I feel safe with a guy. I'm actually really calm and I'm open and I'm vulnerable and I'm just flowing and I'm just talking and I want that for myself. I deserve that and you deserve that. I think that today's episode is not me trying to come here with an, a solution but to come here and tell you guys that daddy issues are a thing and you're not alone, sis. You're not alone. You are not alone. I can relate. I hear you. You are not alone. You know, you deserve to be loved by men. Allow men to love you. You know, allow people who have consistently proven to you that they care about you to care about you. You deserve that. I deserve that. We all deserve that. And if you didn't know... That's okay, sis, because the girl, for a very long time, I didn't know either. That concludes another episode of the Girl I Didn't Know Either podcast. I genuinely hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned something that will enrich your lives. And if it did, I'd love to hear all about that. You can direct message me on Instagram at Zizimkolo. That's Z-I-Z-I-M-Q-U-L-O on Instagrizzles. I love you guys and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you so, so much for listening and God bless you. But are you willing to compromise within a religion? To compromise? What is compromising? Compromising for what? Compromising for what reason? <laughs>